inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. Hello, and thank you for joining a new episode of Time to Shine. And I'm very happy today of bringing back a former guest. And she has a very new, interesting project to tell us. Our guest today is Sally Z. She is an award-winning speaker, author, coach, and expert on the art of bravery because she knows personally what being brave requires. Sally's mission is to empower people to move from the silence to the spotlight, at work, on stage, and in life, and unleash the power of show up anyway. Sally has spoken in front of thousands of people, coached hundreds of leaders, and empowered countless moving movements in that powerful connection between speaker and audience. Sally is also the host of This Moved Me, a top 200% podcast about the art of public speaking, best-selling author of the book Speaking Story, and producer and host of the beloved Permission Sleep Conference. Hello, Sally. Hi, Oscar. So good to see you again. Thanks for having me on. Oh, yes. It's always great having you. It's the third time now. Uh, just one year ago, you you had this fireside chat along with Dania Bauer, and yeah, it was I saw you had so much fun doing that fireside chat. It was great. It was really fun. <laughs> it was fun. Fantastic. Yeah, we want to hear what you are doing this day. So tell us, what have you been doing since we talked last time? Well, 2023 was a really big year for me, for my business. So you heard about two things in that intro that basically took up a lot of my time. And one is the book. So Speaking Story is my brand new book. It's hot off the shelves. As you're listening to this, it, it probably just launched. And uh, bringing that to life, as you know, Oscar, building a book, mm. marketing the book, launching the book, it's I'm at the I'm at the finish line right now. And we're limping, we're limping across the finish line, but it's happening. <laughs> and Along with all of the coaching and the speaking that I do, I also created a new conference for female entrepreneurs here in the U.S. in Knoxville, Tennessee, and we launched that in December. So it was it was a really big year. It was an exhausting year. It was a challenging year. It took everything I had to bring both of those things to life. And uh, I've really spent the last month or two kind of resting <laughs> and like inching my way to the launch finish line. But, you know, it's, as you know, as creatives and entrepreneurs, there's always like the next, the next thing that we're bringing to life, that next idea. And it happened to be that two things that I've been dreaming about for a really long time came to fruition in the same year. So that was not necessarily how I thought it was going to work, but that's how it worked. <laughs> oh, yes, I know. I know well what it is. Uh, writing and launching a book, 
No? When you finish yeah. writing, then this the biggest project, <laughs> launching the book, and you are yeah. there. You are there right now. So congratulations for that. <laughs> Thank you. So your book is, um, I still haven't read it. You, I will, but the... That's okay. The, yeah. It's... The book is, 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 um, is, is just right. Okay. You are showing in front of me now. Nice. It looks nice. Oh, <laughs> Sally Z. Really beautiful. I love oh, it. Hardcover. And it's a, it's a bit thick. I can see. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Looks great. I can say. <laughs> Thank you. So then the title is a speaking story. So I would guess you're talking about a lot about storytelling. I let's am. let's talk about storytelling, but let's let's go from one one angle. Start from one angle. It's about persuasion. What is persuasion, first of all? Yeah, that's a great question, and people tend to have different feelings about the word persuasion. Uh, and so, right off the bat, when I talk about persuasion. I'm making a distinction between manipulation and persuasion. So mm -hmm. I think of persuasion as the ability to change someone's mind, to persuade them of something. And that as speakers, that is something that we all have to get better at and refine our skills in that endeavor. Because every time we speak, we are trying to shape perspective and potentially open people up to a new idea, a new way of thinking, a new way of being. That is a form of persuasion. That is really, truly what we do. And after having spoken to teenagers for a really long time, and I really was trying to convince teenagers of these big ideas, these universal ideas that I believe are really, really important and was they're kind of an unwilling audience in a lot of ways, you know, mm -hmm. arms crossed and just like this dumb. And you just, you know, you look like my mom, mm -hmm. like, why should I listen to you? You know, really resistant to these ideas. And so I started really playing with like, what are the things that change their minds? What opens them up to this new way of thinking and being and, and what, bubbled up, what became really obvious was that stories, stories were the tool. And so I went off to grad school to dig into it a little bit more. And, and I got my master's degree in persuasion and studied rhetoric and storytelling and language and narrative theory, and became really obviously true, not just through my own experience, but through the science of storytelling and all of the theories one of the most persuasive tools that we have are stories. So that's the connection between storytelling and persuasion. But as I was studying, one of the things that I was trying to make a distinction about was this distinction between manipulation and mm -hmm. persuasion. And so in order to be persuasive, we need to use emotion. Emotion mm -hmm. is how we persuade. What's dangerous about that is if we are emotive without a sense of ethics or a sense of logic, yes. pushing back against that, that's when persuasion turns into manipulation, mm. where it is a purely an emotive appeal. And, and so I think we can all think of lots of examples, especially happen in the world right now, that are not an ethical argument. They're not a logical argument. They are purely an emotional appeal and that's manipulation mm -hmm. 
But a lot of people think they're being persuasive when they make a logical argument. Like this is so obviously true. This is real. These are the facts. And they're like, why isn't that persuasive? Well, it's not grounded in anything emotional. And so without emotion, our logical appeals, our ethical appeals are not going to go anywhere. So you have to have Mm -hmm. emotion, but we need logic and ethics to keep a check on it. Yes, indeed. You have given example, of course, of the the well misuse misuse of, of persuasion, right? Uh, that's why many people yes, think yeah. of manipulation. So they hear persuasion and they understand manipulation because there's a lot and it has been growing so much in these years, so much misinformation. The term yeah. post truth, which became very salient just a few years ago, and I think yeah. that continues. So that's why I was asking you, especially that question, telling what's persuasion and that difference yeah. that has with manipulation. And, and it's a tool so important because, as you say, you, you put the example of like teenagers, for instance, they um, need convincing to start taking the right path after this, let's say they finish the, the school. And, and and it's not easy. It's not easy. So we need the, the right tools for that. So I remember... In the first podcast we had together, you talk about Aristotle, for instance, Aristotle. You have done your thesis on that. In the last year, you have been more into stories, I believe. Uh, You talk about emotions. You you use the word emotions, very, very important on that. So if we think of what are the best tools for persuasions, which one are Mm -hmm. these? Which one is the ultimate tool, if there is any? Well, it's stories. Pretty clearly, stories are the tool of persuasion that most of us are underutilizing or really not taking advantage of the incredible brain-friendly power of stories and how it can create this bond, this connection, this co-creation between speaker and audience. The science of storytelling is very, very cool. I'm not a neuroscientist, but I did a lot of research around it based on the experience that I was having as a speaker around stories and was looking into why. And the science is so compelling about what happens when we hear stories. So emotion is essential. And part of the reason why stories are such an important tool for persuasion is because when you tell a good story, emotion exists within it. We cannot help it because it's about our human experience. And there's drama built into stories really naturally, especially if we can lean into the drama in the everyday and in our storytelling, it's going to naturally lean into the curiosity that exists in stories and that opens up in our audience's brain as they're listening. And they become curious about an idea before they even know what the story is about, before they know the point that we're making. If we tell the story well, and we tell the story in the right part of our talk, it can open people up to an idea that they might not have been interested in beforehand. So stories are the tool. If you're feeling like you're not getting through to people, if you're feeling like there's resistance to an idea that you have, if you're talking about something that is potentially controversial or that people are already decided or stuck about the thinking around it, and you want to shift their thinking, you want to lean more heavily into stories than even you 
currently are because stories are the pathway and the tool to connection and persuasion and openness. Yeah, indeed, indeed. It's, it's a super powerful tool. Of, often when I, I am asked if you can, from all the many things you can learn for your presentations or for uh, public speaking, there are many things that one can improve, one can start learning deeper. Yeah, if I'm, when I ask what are the top one or top three stories, it's always there at the very top. So I, I agree with you. And through these years, I've been also learning so much. The things you can learn about storytelling, there's there's quite a lot, oh. definitely. In different ways, this what we learn, we can put it in practice. So in your view, and I think more, a lot of that is in your book, but what is your personal approach on storytelling? Yeah, I, I hinted at it just now in that last question, which is that first and foremost... The story needs to come before the point. I, I talk about it as a story first approach. And I, you and I maybe have even talked about this before, but the mistake a lot of people make in their stories is they use the story as proof to the point that they're making. So they talk all about the idea. They share the data, the statistics. Mm -hmm. they're, they're trying to logically appeal to their audience and talk about the idea. And then they say, as an example, for mm -hmm. example, and then they share the story as like, see, proof, proof that it works. Mm -hmm. And that's how people typically you know, formulate their stories and formulate their content. And it's fine but it's not as persuasive mm -hmm. as if you flip it and go story first, right? Because when we story first, we feel your audience feels that opens up their feeling part of their experience from an audience perspective. They feel the point before even fully thinking about it. Then mm -hmm. we come in from the logical ethical appeal and we can start shaping perspective and understanding because we're leaning into the really incredibly cool things that stories can do in your brain. So that is like essential point. Number one is to start with the story, not with the point. And then once we do that, the art, the artistry of the storytelling is making sure that we're telling the story in a way that does light up the brain. So making sure that it's visual, that our audience starts to see the story happening in front of them. Because as soon as they can see the experience in their own heads, then we are co-creating the story and they're much more likely to remember it. So if you can pair those two things together, start with the story and make sure that it's visual, uh, your storytelling is going to do so much heavy lifting for you. It's going to do a lot of the hard work for you in terms of convincing, persuading, connecting, um, and really nailing the message of what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yes, I understand what you say that in many cases, when people apply stories, decide to tell stories, are used to, uh, as you said, uh, to illustrate the point or to exemplify the, mm -hmm. the point. So your approach is, yeah, I believe it's more, it's more effective when you already start with the story, bring the emotions in people. So what you say is story first, then the speaker gives the facts or the details, let's say. And after that, how it closes the, the whole, let's say, introducing a, a new, new idea, let's say story, facts, and then story to close it, or, or what would you say? 
Ah, so in what a great setup, Oscar, because in my book, (laughs) in my new book, I call it a simple story framework. So it's, it's three M's. Mm -hmm. So when we, when I say story, what we're really talking about is a moment. Mm. And that is the first thing is, is, you know, a lot of people think they're telling a story, but actually what they're doing is they're giving us a summary of what happened. Yes. They're not bringing us into one specific moment in time. So in the book, when I'm referencing a story, I'm really talking about a moment. So that's the first thing that we do is like bring people into a moment. Then after you've done that, then you're shaping the meaning. So why should they care what does this mean for them, right? You're, you're connecting your audience to that story because it can be a story about you and your audience might be interested or curious, but at some point too, they're also going to say, who cares? What does this have to do with me? Mm. So you've got moment meaning, you're shaping meaning, you're shaping understanding. And then ultimately the last part of it is what I call move. And so it's MMM, moment, meaning, move. And move is simply letting people know what the next step is. And it can be as simple as, you know, asking them a question, asking them to reflect and think about it. It might be a really direct call to action, right? So go ahead, go download this thing or follow me on LinkedIn, depending on the context in which you're telling this story. So the context really determines ultimately what goes into moment, meaning, and move. But if you lean into moment, meaning, and move, you're setting story up to do all of that brain-friendly persuasion work for you. And you're letting those people who are ready to take the next step, they've walked with you all that way. Don't leave them hanging. Letting, let them know what happens next after that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, three steps, moment, meaning, and move. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Sounds sounds very good. Could you now, well, talking about illustrating or just sharing examples, you shared already uh, earlier the example of uh, talking with teenagers, but if you can share other examples, maybe famous examples people already have, have heard or seen, could you share examples of effective use of stories that you have seen recently? Yeah. So this past December, I was hosting a conference in Knoxville, Tennessee called the Permission Slip Conference. And we had some incredible speakers come and join us at that event. One of whom is a woman named Jade Simmons. And Jade is, I mean, I don't even know how to describe her to you, Oscar. She Mm was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. I knew she would be, I'd seen some of her stuff online, but she blew us out of the water. Uh, And here's what I loved about what she did. Her storytelling was so ingrained in her talk. Her whole piece was a story, but she's also a piano player. And so she would tell a story and then play some music right along with that story. And then she would stand up and come walk right out to the edge of the stage and connect with us, the audience, and then go back to the story and sit at the piano. So it was this ballet really of 
between story moment and meaning and move. And she herself was leveraging who she is and the gifts that she brings specifically into that moment. And what that reminded me of, it was just such a powerful reminder that there's a lot of different ways to do this. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be, you know, you start at the beginning of your story and you walk people through chronologically to the end. And we really can break the rules that we think exist around how we can show up and tell our stories. And for Jade, because she is a piano player, she is a powerhouse piano player, was like, she she absolutely has to bring that into her speaking. It's a distinctive marketing angle for her, of course, but it's also the way for us to see who she is. And ultimately, that's one of the gifts of stories is it helps us see each other and start to see each other as fully dimensional human beings who are living these real lives. And that's how we connect and relate and say, oh my gosh, and there's unbelievable speaker with this unbelievable piano talent. Mm -hmm. And she's talking about a conversation as a black woman, a conversation that she had with an audience member about what he expected of her, which was not that much because she was a young, beautiful black woman. And even though I am not a young black woman, I could relate to what she was talking about because of the way that she brought that story to life. And And how she leveraged her piano and how she did that was just so stunning and beautiful because I think we all know music is emotive, right? Mm -hmm. So the emotional level was just raised all that much more. We felt it so much more deeply. So it was a, it was a, just a beautiful masterclass in her storytelling and how she brought herself and her talent out on stage. It was so, so cool. Yeah, sounds very well. Intrigued to watch it yeah. if if there's a yeah, available video. Go check there her is. out. She's so so good. So there is, and just to understand, also the the conference was about storytelling or was sharing ideas. Let's say no. talks. Yeah, it was about it was for female entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So the point of the Permission Slip Conference was to be a boost for female entrepreneurs who Mm -hmm. are building their businesses and really need that, you know, not that they need permission from us, but to give themselves permission to dream a little bit bigger, to not hold themselves back from what they were doing and, and to take some bigger risks in their business with the support of a community um, and the insights from the speakers that we had there. So Jade was there as an incredible example of somebody who has taken big risks and Mm -hmm. who is really driven out front by her her purpose and letting purpose give you drive and help get you through kind of the tough spots that we face sometimes in the journey. Hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. Do you have some other example to share? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, share a few examples in my book that I've been thinking about a lot lately. You know, I mean, what I think is so cool about 
stories is they don't have to be these big dramatic moments. They don't have to be about, you know, something terrible Mm -hmm. that happened to you or life changing that Mm -hmm. happened to you. It could be about the smallest of moments. And one of my favorite examples in the book that I talk about um, is from my husband who is a speaker. Um, he also is a facilitator and a consultant. And and he tells the story of a moment that happened on the first day of college for him in, the, in a class with a professor who said something that just kind of blew his mind. And it's the smallest of moments, but it illustrates and sets up the point of his talk in such a wonderful way. And what I like highlighting about that story is, you know, a lot of the examples in the book are like famous TED Talks and beautiful moments from poets. And and his example was from a video where there's maybe 15 people in the room and the lighting's terrible and he's not (laughs) mic'd super well, but it was done. It was done really well. He told the story really well. And so I mean, I like having this real Mm -hmm. big range of stories that we can point to and look to because, like I said, there's so many different ways that you can bring your story to life. So, and there's a few more in the book that I that I think are worth spending a moment on. But Mm -hmm. I wanted to highlight that because it it doesn't have to be this big huge moment. Um, It can be the smallest of things. Yes, and and I, and I like that you mentioned that because often when people think, okay, I, I'm, I have to find stories for my presentation talks, one thinks of those speakers who talk about these dramatic events in their life and how they recover yeah. from that and the lesson, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, and yeah. yeah, it's true. Well, that's one way, of course. Some people have some stories like that to share but uh, yeah if one does not have you can use more well simple moments in your life that you can illustrate the meaning with building a story so that's it's, it's great that you mentioned that absolutely yeah now for for someone who is already let's say about the idea of <laughs> using stories He's already using stories with some success in, in his talks, presentations, uh, and would like to ho- become better. So if you can give some more advanced tactic for someone who wants to be even better at storytelling, sure. what would you choose? Okay, so this is one of my favorite things to do when people are trying to up-level their storytelling or just make it come alive even more. And it's the simplest thing, but it has such a huge impact. And that is finding a moment to give one of the characters in your story a little bit of dialogue. To not just tell us about what happened, but to actually put words in the character's mouth. And it sounds so simple. Like, is this really an advanced, is this an advanced strategy, Sally? But most people, avoid that because they don't want it to become kitschy or they don't want it to become Mm. cheesy or like, I'm not an actor and now I've got to become (laughs) this other person. Like that's not really, that's not the point at all. But putting the words in somebody's mouth, all of a sudden 
it ignites all of the brain science that and the persuasive power of stories that exist in our brain. So we we somebody says like for instance put me back in front of resistant teenagers. Mm-hmm. Right? And I said, "Who are you, lady? Like you just like my mom, you know, like <laughs> That you can sort of see in your mind's eye, a resistant teenager going, okay, yeah, (laughs) they might, I can (laughs) see how they might say that about, about this person. And so we start to imagine it in our heads in a much more powerful way. And it becomes a visual co-creation with our audience. So it doesn't take a lot. It could take one line of dialogue Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it's already just by doing that, it's in one specific moment in time, the character, whoever that is, right. Has a personality and the words are coming out of their mouth. So we're learning about who they are, where they are, how they feel just by the words that they use rather than us being a narrator that's Mm -hmm. overseeing it from far above. It like brings us right into that moment as if we were there. So use dialogue and it'll just kick your storytelling up to the next level. Yep. Definitely a good one. And you have also illustrated this because earlier in the interview, you, you told this moment on the story, just as a narrator. And then you bring this other voice, which is not your voice. (laughs) And I heard that yeah. voice. I could imagine like a teenager. I tried to, you know, every mind uh, create its own <laughs> uh, character, fictitious character. But yeah, you yeah. Can, it's, it's, that's, the, that's the point. The audience will imagine someone specific who is not Sally. It's someone else who is in front of Sally. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now there's a scene. I can see a scene in my head. And what I think is so cool about storytelling is every audience member's scene in their head is going to be different. It is a co-creation between the words that I'm saying as a speaker and what they are imagining in their heads. Like they're seeing their own group of teenagers. They're seeing their own, right? That's probably a combination of people that they know, or maybe their kids or kids' friends, or like every scene is a little bit different. And I think that's really, that's really special and magical. And it's just incredible. Part of the, the visual on my book, on the cover of my book, is there's a, a dot in the middle of a stage, and that is the speaker. And there's all these lines that are going out to the dots in the audience. And those are people in the audience. And then there's lines between the people in the audience. Like that is the magic of storytelling. It might originate with me. But Mm -hmm. you, as the audience member, you're creating the story. You are the one that's imagining in your head and making meaning for it for your own life based on what you are seeing in your own head. And that's the part that I think is really special and magnetic about storytelling. Yes. And another thing that I like from this tactic you just gave us is that we'll force the speaker to play with a different voice, (laughs) which is not common. Yeah. You have to play a different voice, create a different voice, imitate a different voice. And yeah, it's stretching you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's comfortable doing that, but yeah, it's, 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 yeah. it's worth doing that. Sally, could you share with us what is your favorite quotation? 
Sure. Yeah. I picked one out special for this conversation. And actually it aligns really well with what we were just talking about. So Ira Glass is, I don't know if you're familiar with Ira Glass or This American Life. He's had a podcast forever Mm. and ever. And he is, the podcast is about stories. You know, it's stories about, you know, just people's lives and what they mean. And that, and he's a really incredible storyteller. And in chapter nine, I quote him in Mm -hmm. my book and he says, great stories happen to those who can tell them. Hmm. And when I first heard that quote, I was kind of like, well, hmm, I don't know how I feel about that, Ira, (laughs) because one of the, and we were talking about this, one of the myths people have about storytelling is that they need to have some dramatic life story in Mm -hmm. order to be a storyteller, in order to even be worthy of telling stories. Like who cares about little old me in my life? And so when we say to ourselves, like, I don't have any great stories, what we're actually saying is I haven't been paying attention to my life. I haven't been really noticing the things that move me, the things Mm -hmm. that are happening all around me. So if great stories happen to those who can tell them, what, what that tells me is that if we notice the little things in our life, we become great storytellers. It's our job as speakers to find those moments, to create perspective, to pay attention to what's happening in the everyday. So, you know, to the rest of the world, that moment at the grocery store that you had this morning might be nothing. But to you, if you're paying close attention and you are a study of human nature and you're you're a lover of people and you notice things like that, that becomes a great story because of you, because you are noticing it, because you're bringing your perspective, because you're invested in the world around you a little bit more. And one of the challenges and why I love this quote so much is it reminds me that if I feel like I don't have any great stories to tell, it's not, it's not that there aren't great stories to tell. It's because I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off (laughs) and too busy to really notice what's happening around me. So that quote has been a great reminder for me that it's not about dramatic things happening. It's about my own ability to pay attention and to notice and to share. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good one. Thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. Could you now recommend us one book as that has been uh, inspiring or influential for you? Yeah, so I've been reading the book 10x is easier than 2x lately. And I'm trying to remember the name of the author. I've been listening to it because I'm more of mm-hmm. an audiobook person when it, when it comes to business books and it has been really captivating and challenging (laughs) and challenging me in terms of the way that I do stuff and what I spend time on and what I don't. So I would encourage that as you know, if you aren't an entrepreneur, but you are invested in the art and craft of storytelling or speaking, you're still going to find some really powerful things in that book. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, interesting. I haven't heard of that title, so I definitely need to check it out myself as well. Oh, good, yeah. And please, let's let's end with an exercise, something practical that you would recommend all of us to do it regularly, a routine to shine. Great. Well, one of my favorite exercises is called the walk and talk. It's not brain science and it might be something that you do, but it reminds me again and again and again, how our body knows the answer and our body has to be involved in our process as speakers. It can't just be, here's what I think, here's the content, but really how does this live in your body? So the walk and talk is a rehearsal stage and it's it's a really powerful way to take the content that you're working on and put it in your body. And all you do is you walk while you talk. And if you're doing it early on in your content development, it unleashes and it unlocks all kinds of new ideas mm -hmm. for yourself. So if you're struggling to like get clear on an idea and you're just like, I don't know exactly what I want to say here, take an outline to get you started and go on a walk and, and talk to yourself a little bit and, and see what happens, see what comes out as you walk and talk. So that's one of my favorite tools to use with my speakers and myself as I'm getting comfortable with the content or in building the content for myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sounds like sounds like a good tactic, definitely. So walking talk with people around or kind of, you know, skipping people, what would you say? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I usually just put some headphones in and so people are like, she must be on the phone or ah, something because... Okay. I'm just talking to myself, walking yeah. around the neighborhood, talking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Excellent. Thank you very much, uh, Sally. Yeah. Fantastic talking with you again. And please let us know how people can find more about you and all your projects. Yeah. Well, I'd love for you, if you're at all interested in learning more about speaking your story in a more persuasive way and telling a better story, come join me at speakingstory.com. You can grab the, a book there. You can also join some of our free groups that are happening and grab our resource kit where you can download all kinds of goodies that will help you speak a better story as you are out communicating and um, taking some time to shine. How about <laughs> that? <laughs> Sounds perfect. Good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me on again, Oscar. My pleasure, Sally. It was super interesting conversation. Very, very funny. And of course, fantastic seeing now your, your book. Um, so I invite everybody to go and read Speaking Story from Sally Z. Again, Sally, it was a pleasure talking with you and all the best. Thank you, Oscar. Appreciate you. And hopefully we'll see you all soon. I'm sure. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, do me a favor, go to Apple Podcasts or your favorite app and leave us a rate and review. This helps me so more people will find the show. And if you work in the tech industry, please visit my website, rockthetechstage.com. Until next time. <laughs>